Hi, my name is Conrad, and you're listening to the Young Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by the Philips Innovation Award. Joining me is board member Elodie. Joining us as well is Freek from Havel. He won the Rough Diamond League in 2019. If you want to hear the winning advice, listen till the end and stay tuned. Elodie, maybe in a nutshell to start off with, what is the Philips Innovation Award? The Philips Innovation Award, it is so much more than just an award. It's a learning trajectory where anyone with an idea can join. It can help you create your idea and help your idea become into a feasible business. Or it can even help you rocket launch your startup. Awesome. And concretely, in what way does the Philips Innovation Award offer startups that kind of help? Well, for example, through our network, workshops, and guidance of experts in the field. And it helped many businesses, such as Freek, <laughs> who is here with us today. Amazing. Freek, tell us, what is Hable and what does it do? Yeah, so Hable is the Hable one, is what we created first. It's like a controller for the smartphone, so blind people can fully access their phone. Um, it's like a kind of like a wooden box. You could see it like as a box, like a phone. And with eight buttons, you can fully control your phone. So we use Braille for that. Um, Braille input, so you can write any letter, but you can also switch between apps or scroll over a Facebook feed. Uh, you connect it with Bluetooth with any phone or tablet, and the feedback is on audio. So you actually will hear what you're doing. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, a real just, innovator. You yeah. just showed us our, your prototype. It looked really cool. Okay, maybe tell us what it looks like exactly, your first prototype. Yeah, so uh, this prototype I've brought here with me today is kind of our first yeah, finished product that's now on the market. Uh, and it's like a black, kind of, it, it looks like a phone a little bit, but then on one side are eight physical uh, physical buttons. And then we have, it's a black product with white buttons, so the six white braille keys. And that's actually done on purpose. It looks a little bit futuristic, uh, whereas a lot of products right now in the market for assistive technology look for someone, for a person with a handicap. And we actually purposely made it modern, futuristic, because we wanted to look cool. We want to kind of change that stigma. So that's the look it has. Uh, black and white, small, as size of your phone. Looks a bit like um, a remote control. <laughs> yes, yeah. it looks a little bit like yeah, a controller, exactly. right? Yeah, it, it really does look yeah like a bit of a gadget, which as a kid you would lose <laughs> your mind about, but... Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, I, I was actually, I was using uh, it in the train, I think a week back. And often when I use it in the train, because I need to practice myself as well, right? Mm. And when I use it in the train, people will come to me like, what game are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, it's not really a game, but I can show you how it works. It, it, it's a really good conversation starter. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so about, well, the game that you're playing on the train, how, where did this journey start? How did you come up with this? Yeah, so that's, uh, I, I'm not doing it alone. So I'm one of the co-founders and I have another co-founder with me, uh, Ayushman. Uh, and he comes from India. And he uh, used to live together with his grandparents in his house. And his grandfather at a later age uh, lost his sight. So he became visually impaired. And from there, his world turned really small. Um, you can Like from reading a newspaper, not being able to read it at all, uh, to not accessing technology. It just, yeah, it's a really small and, and lonely world. So Ayushman... Uh, studied industrial design and he thought hey, I, need, I can maybe change this I can maybe make a product to make this world bigger again and that's kind of where the first concept of the Hable One came from uh, back then it was still a Lego box <laughs> but at this stage it's actually a product that, that works oh, cool. wow, that's really cool and at what point within that journey in that starting journey did you say okay I'm going to join or we're going to join the, the Philips Innovation Award 
Yeah, so, so for me personally, I come from a very social background, I like to say. So my little brother and little sister are, uh, both are disabled, and both my parents work in healthcare. So I've always been very interested in, in this world. And next, my second interest is technology. I studied at Technical University in Delft and later in Eindhoven. So when you combine both worlds, it's really kind of logical that I'm jumping on this journey. So when I met the Yushman, I kind of bluffed and said, I know everything about startups. You really need to have <laughs> me. And back then, he believed me. So I could, uh, I could join in. Uh, but over time, I learned a lot. And actually, for me, like starting the Philips Innovation Award was that turning point where I actually started learning a lot about startups and, and things became serious. And that was, yeah, really good. Yeah. Well, Elodie, maybe you can explain how the first possibly two stages of the Philips Innovation Award. What, what does it entail? Where'd you start? Well, when you enter the Philips Innovation Award, we start with the idea stage. And in the idea stage, you have to submit a one pager, which is an ex executive summary. There you get feedback from the Young Advisory Group. And this is the first point in the Philips Innovation World trajectory where you get feedback. And after we go into the development stage, here you have to submit a business plan. And we have a business panel of 120 experts in the field who evaluate your applications, all applications, and the top 30 continue their journey. And Rick, you're also one of those. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I, I still remember actually that, that we had this sending our business plan and it was the first time we really made a business plan like in some courses before we had to do it but you never really get good feedback to be honest when i think of like academic professors they don't really know a lot about business plans whereas here as you're saying there's like a whole group of experts that looked at it and we thought we made a beautiful business plan right <laughs> we thought we nailed it like oh this is the best business plan they'll ever see and there was so much feedback and, yeah. feedback. and it was all very like they were correct with their oh, feedback yeah. it was really good for us to uh, get that yeah get that probably a bit confronting when you get it back and you're like oh damn we uh, <laughs> did such a good job after all but yeah, but it's it's really important because you, you do need that, right? Yeah. At the start, you're doing everything for the first time, essentially, when yeah. you're a founder. Everything is a, is a first, especially as a first-time founder. Uh, so it's nice to have that feedback. And this was a perfect excuse for us to really rethink about everything we're doing. Yeah, what do you remember that was the most significant part of feedback you got that time? Oh, I think so. I think one of the big things was we were saying a lot of assumptions. So we're saying, oh, our customer will like this and our customer will like this. And the feedback was, you're saying that your customer wants all these things, but I never see that you interviewed your customers or I never see that you've user tested it with your customers. And we were like, yeah, that's true because we, we've never done that. Yeah, you didn't but provide any proof. Exactly, yeah. But imagine developing a product for people who are blind and not going to them. Well, we ourselves were not <laughs> blind. So we were completely wrong with our first right. product, right? We were it, it was it was not fitting at all for our end customers. So that that was such critical feedback to just go out there yeah. and really test it. And only then we really learned what we needed to build. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that was like a crucial thing with that business plan, like, oh wait, we haven't actually <laughs> ask the people who this is for if they like it or not. Yes, and that would be a big piece of advice to anyone in a startup. Please talk with your potential end customer. They right. know much better than you what they need. Wow. And so when you actually went out there and talked to the people it was for, how much did your idea change? Was it really significant that... Yeah, I, I think a, a good example of what we actually initially built was a keyboard that was attached on the back of the phone. Uh, so we were using kind of like a cable on your phone and it was a, a separate keyboard and you can only type with it. Uh, and our users were like, okay, that, that's that's 
cool, but then it's gonna be really thick. I cannot even navigate over my phone, so I still cannot open apps or anything. I can type, sure, but what what do I do then? Like, I, a phone is not just for typing. Uh, and when it's on the back of a phone, I need to have a specific phone so it fits. Uh, so you have all these extra questions coming in. Yeah, that, that's pretty, like, that's right what they're saying. Yeah. So we, we now it's a separate device. It's connected Bluetooth. You put your phone wherever, like somewhere in the house, in your back. doesn't really matter. Uh, and that directly came from talking to a lot of users. Yeah. Because of that feedback you got from the business plan, it made you really change your approach from the bottom. Very up. much, very much. So actually right now still we're in the market, um, but we're still uh, interviewing customers. Uh, for me personally, at least I talk to five to 10 users a day still. Wow. Uh, and actually everyone in the team has a rule that you have to speak to at least five people a month. It's minimum, everyone goes well above it. Um, but that's because we need to have that relationship with our users to really understand what we need to build. It's, it's so crucial in everything we do. So yeah, that, that was started uh, all the way back then. So now that, that, part, that feedback you got is a central part of your business, like the, the rule of talking to the customer you have to talk to at least this many. Yeah, customers. yeah. So we're really trying to be a customer-centric business, and I think that's something everyone says nowadays, so it, which, because you should be. Yeah. Um, but we're really trying to get it to another level uh, with everyone in the team, from the developers to the marketing people. Everyone in the team should really talk to our users a lot uh, because th that's the best way to, um, to, to understand what you need to make. Actually, we're going one step further, so some of our uh, customers are now working in the team. Um, wow. because that's like the best way we think uh, like our enthusiastic users they know best how they know yes. better how the Hibble one works than myself so why not get them in the team and make that give them a really active role yeah. how far in the development process were you when you'd gotten that feedback of the product so we were we were very early stage I would say I mean we were also participating in the Rough Diamonds Award for, for, for a reason we were early stage but actually it was so nice because I, I remember you don't really know what you need to do. Like no one tells you what you need to do in entrepreneurship. It's one of like I was I was working on Hable for maybe six months, and I was like, yeah, but what what am I supposed to do, right? I, I'm not the person also developing the products, so what do I do? I was just running around asking people if they want to buy it, but we didn't have a product yet. So <laughs> yeah. what was I selling? And and that was so nice about like building a business plan. A business plan. I I was kind of got like a handheld on, hey, you should be working on this. So you should talk to your users. You should validate your concepts. Maybe kind of plan already how you're going to protect it. Uh, also think about which markets are interesting. Kind of develop this whole plan so when you later need to raise money, you have a plan for it and you have done your research. And kind of all these handles came from having to make the first business plan and also from getting the feedback in, like this is what you need to work on. And that, that was really nice for us at that stage. It, it gave me a lot of direction. Yeah. And structure in okay, what I'm actually doing is uh, contributing to the end goal. In the end. exactly, yeah. yeah, not doing a lot of things that are not contributing anything to yeah. to the company, which, which you will in the end do a lot anyway. You'll you'll work on many things that have no use, but that's that's fine. You yeah. you as long as you learn in the process. I, I can think. imagine that the switch from the idea to actually making the product is also really big as well. Yeah, it's 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 really huge. The thing is, like, no one. It's actually going to build what your initial idea is. At least, unless you're a genius, I think. But you, if you're doing it well, you will learn along the way. So especially from talk to user, you, you learn along the way how, like how you need to change your initial idea. Uh, and, and that part of learning is really what, like 50% of your company should be about learning and the other 50% are about building the products. So kind of, and those two components need to work together in, in that early stage. Um, and, and that was yeah, a good learning for me to know that but how long did it actually took before you started building the actual product? 
So we we had a first prototype right away. Um, so we, what we we did we we built a wooden box and on top of that like a three D printed material with some buttons and an Arduino, uh, like a very basic programmed device. We didn't have a space bar, but you could type. Right, that yeah. was that's <laughs> the stage of our uh, of our prototype that we had. But it, it was, was enough to show the first concept. So it was nice because we could make it really easily and we could go to some users. So from there we went to some users and. I think we iterated 30 to 50 prototypes afterwards. So a lot of different concepts, um, but we had something to start with. Were there also people who thought your idea was really stupid or it wouldn't work or were there people that were working against you? Or? Uh, I think 95% of people yeah, thought really, it was really yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, especially at the start, like the later, actually a really funny, a lot of our initial testers said, this is this is never going to work. Like, this is a horrible idea. And they are now users of wow. Label. Yeah, so they actually <laughs> uh, did buy it in the end. So it, it it's a bit like, it's a little bit hard sometimes because you have to be, you have to really believe in your own product, but you also have to be realistic that if really it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? That's fine. Mm. Like you, but it's a combination. Like sometimes you have to see through what people say. So they say it's not good, but maybe that's because your first prototype is missing like essential things so really try to find that out be very critical of yourself but also don't stop believing in what you're doing you have to believe in your product but you have to be re realistic at the same time yeah yeah and and that's that is really difficult because uh, a, lo a lot of people will tell you it's not going to work i mean 90 percent of startups fail i think or even higher it's uh, yeah so so of course most people will tell you yours will likely fail as well um, but that's kind of the risk you need to take right if you really believe in what you're doing but staying critical you'll, you'll get there yeah, and I think it's also in a way keeping humility as well in like, okay, I've got this great idea, but you also have to be very open to the feedback that you get in order to get further in your development. Yeah, so actually the, the best entrepreneurs are people that are able to shoot down their own ideas as soon as possible. I mean, that's if you if you look at the lean startup method, it's kind of you have an idea, you build it, and you test it. Well, if in the test you not notice that it's not a good idea, you have to kill it right away. Yeah. So some really good entrepreneurs haven't actually ever gotten as far as launching a product because they knew it was not going to work anyway. Yeah. But that's a hard thing to admit to yourself when yeah. you're so passionate about something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so luckily, we didn't have to do that yet. So far, it seems like it's working. Um, but we need to stay very critical. Yeah, well, stay critical. That's really cool. So. After the uh, the development stage, where you get written feedback on the business plan, you get uh, you go to the refining stage. Maybe Elodie, you can fill us in again what the refining stage entails. Of course, in the refining stage, you improve your skills and your startup. That is done by, for example, an investor day. I don't know if you remember that the investor day. <laughs> yes, I do. I do actually. I I, uh, I, I looked up before we're coming here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I, I remember. It's with uh, multiple partners. They give master classes to the startups and they provide them with personalized advice and feedback. Uh, we already talked about some feedback you got, but do you still talk with the partners you talk with then? Yeah, so actually uh, we, we met a lot of different companies then and I still talk to some of them. Actually, one of our uh, legal kind of partners is, is still from that day. Uh, and I, I remember one really good thing of advice I got that day was on the investor day and I was talking to, I think, someone from a VC firm. Uh, and it was really interesting. So whenever you start a startup, everyone tells you, you need to raise money. That's like the first <laughs> yeah. thing, like yeah. how are you doing on the funding front? Like where is your first 100,000 euros coming from? And that day I was there and, and I, I told this guy like, hey, how are we gonna get our first funding in? 
And he said to me, for what do you need it right now? And I was like, yeah, we need to do marketing and sales. Like, why do you need marketing and sales? Have you, do you have a product? He's like, no, but we need to money to build a product. He's like, do you really need money? To, you're a technical student, right? You have a technical team. How much money do you realistically need? And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe 500 euros. He's like, oh, so you're going to raise 100,000 euros <laughs> to get in a broker for 500 euros. I was like, well, that doesn't make that much sense. Um, so, so the piece of aside advice us raise money when you really need it but also when you know what you need for because early on it's really expensive to, to raise money and that's a really nice way of thinking about it like be realistic don't get like don't go in the hype of raising money just for the sake of raising it yeah. and that was that was great advice for me then that's really yeah because in the i feel like sometimes in the startup world it's it's a lot about hypes and you really want to hype your own product hype the funding if you can walk around saying oh we've raised a hundred thousand euros it already it, it ups the value of your company already just intrinsically but how do you try to stay realistic and away from the hype and like advice like this is exactly that that you don't go and raise a hundred thousand give away a lot of your company for that um how do you stay realistic uh with Ooh. the hypes yeah that's that's a difficult one i mean especially again kind of founding a company for the first time you you don't really know how to filter yet, right? Uh, still, for me, it's hard sometimes because we, you do know that you, are, you hear that you need to raise money, you need to go do your marketing. So, but all these things are not necessary at the start. It's just about building a product and listening to your user. That's the only thing you need to do at the start. I think it's really about having the right people around you. So I have some personal mentors, uh, and and so so does my co-founder, and we just talk a lot with them, and they have done it before, and we say, okay, what do I really need to do, and and just learn a lot from what they say. And I think don't get too influenced about what you what you read online, right? There's also like, especially if you look at American startups, that's yeah. very different. There's a, you raise right from the start, a lot of money, you hire some key key software people. It, it, it's different when you when you do it here. So I think surround yourself by good people and use your sanity. I think that's an important one. Yeah, the Dutch uh, nuchterheid. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. Nice. And so the, the investor days, and so obviously at this point, you're already part of the lucky 30, right? So you're uh, doing well in the grand scheme of things. What was the experience like overall? How did the, it go on the investor day and the workshops? And Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, it was super overwhelming, but, uh, but in a nice way, because uh, it was a super intense day, right? We were talking with a lot of different companies, with a lot of like very senior people. I remember I was I was quite scared before because I I was looking up some of them on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, they're like senior partners in these companies. Like I'm I I had an idea six months back. Like I don't, <laughs> I have a wooden box in my hand <laughs> that I'm trying to sell. I don't know what I need to ask, but but the nice thing was they knew what they needed to tell me. Instead of like when I didn't know the questions, they kind of knew how to how to hold my hand in, in that sake. And for me, it really like for me. Personally, the Philips Innovation Award really kind of changed how I thought about entrepreneurship, how I thought about the company, and it was just really so much learning. So I think if you dive deep into it in such a day, and you kind of just take everything in, make good notes, because you can take it in later as well. Yeah, um, yeah that was super useful. So we learned, because there's so many different aspects of a company, and we we learned from like legal to finance to sales to marketing, and that was really nice. I have a really broad uh, spectrum of learnings. Right. You also had a prototype day where startups can improve on different aspects of their business. What kind of aspects did you want to work on at the time? Yeah, so we, we had a big challenge. We were on a prototype day working on our branding. 
And the big challenge is that we are working with people who are blind. Um, so how do you brand a company to people who are blind? How do you build yeah. a good website for people who are blind? Kind of how do you make that unique experience? Uh, and that day we set the first stone for it. So we were discussing, okay, what, what can we do to stand out? So we uh, looked up some of our competitors and we actually noticed that they were quite boring. Uh, all of them. So we learned that it's a very old-fashioned market and we want to do something new. And they said, well, you should show that in your branding if you're the kind of the new kid on the block. Um, so we thought, okay, let's just focus really hard on audio. Uh, so our website was very audio-based. Uh, yeah, exactly. And in our kind of, instead of focusing a little on our logo, we focused a little on our tune, kind of the, the Hable tune. Um, so kind of a different way of thinking about our branding, which was, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's really cool. You said just then um, that the uh, investor day really helped you uh, think in a different way about entrepreneurship. What in what what were the main things that really changed your mind during those days? That really changed the way you th looked at things. Um, I think so. One of the uh, one of the big things is that entrepreneurship. What I learned then is all about like fast-paced testing things. It's all about you have an idea, you build it in the easiest way possible and you test it. It's kind of and and that's not just your product, but that's from your sales channel, that's through your marketing channel, uh, maybe it's your hiring, how you hire people. All of these things are kind of like little experiments that you do. And every time you need to just do it and do it as quick as possible and then kind of and you try to cut corners. That's the really the idea. And that's what I learned that day. Like that was the main learning for us to do it in a different way and to be smart about it. Yeah. And also kind of find your, the identity of your company in a way. So following the prototype days uh, and the investor days, um, you go on to the semi-final. How was the semi-final for you? Yeah, semi-final was mainly a lot of fun. Uh, so it was at the Drijven Pavilion in, uh, in Rotterdam. And first you had to have had a little stand where a lot of potential investors, partners, everyone would walk around and you could pitch your idea. And afterwards, I think we had a one minute pitch um, to do, and then three of us uh, for the Rough Diamond Award would go to the finals. Um, it was the first time for me pitching for such a large audience. I think there were around 100 people uh, in the audience then, and a lot of them were investors, partners, so you want to yeah, really do well. Uh, and I remember just the night before practicing a one-minute pitch easily 200 times in the mirror. So <laughs> I, was, I, I knew it, I really knew it from the heart, uh, but still you're like really nervous yeah, right, for the first time doing it. Also because you are talking to a lot of partners and experienced entrepreneurs that might be a bit nerve wracking as well. Yeah, it, it's not just the pitch, right? It's, exactly. it's a lot of really interesting people that you, you want to learn from. So uh, the whole day is super intense because you talk to so many people, but also you try to learn from the other founders that are there. Like we were a rough diamond. Some of the innovator league people were, were quite far ahead of us. So we could learn a lot from them. So we tried to talk to everyone there. Uh, and then the pitch, the pitch was, Super fun. Uh, I, I had a great time on stage and I felt actually very confident we would go through. Um, and maybe I can give a piece of advice here why I think we went through. And it's something I would advise anyone. We only talked about our why. I actually never told on stage what we were doing. No one knew we were making a product. Um, I only said why I was doing this. And that resonated with Jerry. We could make it very emotional. It could be very much from the heart. And we just said, we're doing it because we want to make the world more equal for people. And that's... That just works. So I, if you have one minute, focus on your why. I would really say that because the other companies that focus on their what, it's it's too hard to explain in a minute. Just focus why you're doing it and, and why people should believe in you, why you deserve that spot in the final. Wow. That's really good advice, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And so that, uh, obviously, you did make it to the final. 
Yes. On the basis <laughs> of that, so this is really good advice. It's really good um, advice because only three of of the rough diamonds go through, and it's five of the innovators, so you had last chance there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very important for the uh, rough diamonds, the the semifinals, and and yeah, there you make the difference. Yeah, exactly. So after the semifinal, you made it through uh, to the final. Uh, first of all, congratulations still on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, three years later, yeah. three years later, but still, you know, it's, uh, it's there. Um, yeah, tell me about the final stage. Maybe Eldi, you can f- fill us in again. What's the final? Is it a pitch? Is it a? Yeah, thank you. Uh, in the final stage, you have a coaching day and a pitching day where you get advice again and where you are going to pitch your idea. Cool. So you are have experienced this. You got coaching, and then you had to pitch. How was the whole experience? Yeah. So I think the. the I think I remember really well from the coaching day was the pitch training. It was from uh, the Baytrix, and I still have, have contact uh, with them. And it was easily the best pitch training I ever got. And I've, I've done a lot of pitch trainings. I think uh, e- e- more than more than 30 at this point. Wow. But that was so good because you had to prepare a three-minute pitch for the finals. Uh, so I fully prepared, fully confident. I mean, I crushed the semifinals, <laughs> right? So what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> So I walk in and and I, I don't remember his name, but he's, uh, the guy from the debate said, tell, tell me your pitch, Sh- like do your pitch. And I was like, sure, I'll show your pitch and you'll be blown away. <laughs> and I done my pitch and I was like, okay, that was a great attempt, uh, but I would scrap everything. Oh. <laughs> it's a great attempt, we're gonna do it completely <laughs> different. And I was so devastated for two minutes. I was like, Man, I practiced so long. <laughs> I put so many hours out. And he's like, I, I've, read your website quickly and I've had like 10 minutes, but I think I can do better. I was like, no, you can, no, please don't say this. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> yeah. How can you do that? I've been working this for so long. And then he said, why don't we do this, 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 and this? And in 30 seconds, I was like, yeah, well, you are right. You are yeah. completely correct. Um, he, he did a way better job than I, but I'm so happy he did because he made a crushing pitch for me for the finals. I think I have a lot to, to owe to them. Uh, my pitch completely turned 360 degrees, but it was perfect. It was so good. Uh, and that day I still still remember very vividly. Wow. It is kind of a recurring theme in everything you're talking about, that you get confronted <laughs> by, or, or, or a, a thing you did gets confronted with feedback, and then suddenly it's it, it sucks first, but then in the end, in the long term, you get something out of it. So if I understand it from your story, the Philips Innovation Award is kind of a constant confrontation of maybe the weaknesses of your business and a trajectory to help you on your way. How did that culminate in the final? And at the end of it, did you really feel like, wow, I've completely changed the way I'm looking at my business? Yeah, well, I think it was, it kind of prepares you for for the real world in that sense. I mean, having a company is the same thing. You constantly get like a slap in your face and you think, oh, I need to do something different. Oh, I need to change this. Uh, It's all about being super agile and being ready to make a change and being very honest to yourself. If something doesn't work, if there's a better way, you have to go for the better way. Um, So uh, in that sense, it really prepared me well. And I I had a lot of sleepless nights because of it, but I'm also very happy uh, with all the advice. It really changed how we look at business. Uh, I think we got way more professional because of it. We had a way better sense of what we needed to do with the business. For me, for me personally, it was a huge learning, a huge mm-hmm. learning. It was, I'm, I'm so happy I did it. Yeah. And when you look back on it now, uh, do you still have certain things that you do now that you wouldn't have done if you hadn't done the Philips Innovation Award? 
Yeah, so first of all, the user thing. So really focusing on users was was what originated from, from the Philips Innovation Awards. And another thing, actually, maybe it's not what you directly learn, but more the... You, you get the idea. So actually, I now have no problems talking to anyone. So before doing the Philips Innovation Awards, I was a little afraid of like senior people in the company, right? Why would you, if you approach them, why would they ever respond to you? But because of the fiat, I kind of learned that uh, senior people also really enjoy working with you because you're you're like young, you're full of enthusiasm. So they like that energy. Uh, and I'm still using that today. I literally approach anyone on LinkedIn, like from CEOs, from big companies to uh, people in our ministry, I approach everyone and it works most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, because all of them say, oh yeah, cool. Of course I want to have, a, I have half an hour to spare to talk with you. Yeah. Everyone, everyone likes it. And that's something I really learned from, from yeah, the fiat. I think as well, in addition to our valuable learning curve, the trajectory also serves as a validation check to investors and other parties interested in startups. So when you address them or when you go talk to them and you show confidence and you show, I joined Philips Innovation Award, I think they would be very interested to talk to you. Yeah, of course. So the name Philips, everyone knows, right? Worldwide. Yeah. Everyone knows the name is Philips. And in the Netherlands, everyone already also knows the name Philips Innovation Award. At least every investor, big partner in our domain, everyone knows it. And we use it all. I mean... We won it so two and a half years back, right, 2019, and we still use it. We still yeah. say to people, we're previous winner of the okay. Philips Innovation Awards. Because it just works. People know it. Uh, it's our, our first contracts with large distributors. We told them, hey, we're from the Philips Innovation Awards. <laughs> oh, we know Philips. That's really <laughs> great. Right? It's a perfect excuse to get in everywhere. Also, during the, during the contest, I could just say, everyone, hey, we're almost, we're going to win like I, I already yeah, said yeah. that to people. I said we're gonna win the Philips Innovation if you help me out. And they're like, oh, that's great, Philips Innovation Award. Yeah. So you have the perfect excuse and validation to talk with anyone. Wow. Yeah. Are there any questions you still have, or should we get on to the winning advice? I think I'm very curious to your winning advice of the Philips Innovation Award. Okay. So before maybe the winning advice, a little extra advice. When I did the, the finals, I of course got in the train early to get there that day. <laughs> right? <laughs> As you should. I took. <laughs> Two trains earlier, as you should. Now, that day, <laughs> my first train decided to break down. So I had a small mental breakdown myself, but I was still in time. So I go to the second train. This also breaks down. A little more panic. I come to the third train, at which point I would just barely make it. Then, when I'm almost at Rotterdam, where I needed to be, there's a uh, bomb at Rotterdam. Apparently, there's, there's a, uh, we cannot go into the station, at least. Oh my God. So I'm stuck in the train. And I had, had a call with people from the uh, from the board from Philips Innovation. I said, just get in any cab, Uber, whatever you can find. You need to be here, man. You need to be on stage in 30 minutes. So I had to rush in an Uber. And I literally ran into the building and I ran directly on stage. They put a mic on me and I was on stage. I, I didn't have any, pra like all the other oh. participants practiced for twice on this big stage. And I was there in front of, I think, 1,400 people. <laughs> like, And I was still like <laughs> catching my breath. You can see it on the, uh, the video. I'm like, oh, no. So... First small bit of advice, please come on time. Don't be like <laughs> me. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your heart. So that's, that's the first piece of uh, advice. My, 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 I think big piece of advice would be enjoy it. I, I see so many people around me. They're like, oh, we need to get this done, this done. There's so, there's so much stress, right, when you're in a startup. But you're also doing something amazing. You're a student, and next that you're already working on your big dream. And I think if you enjoy it, Actually, it works so well because you show enthusiasm. People, it resonates with people. Like they mirror you. If you really show joy, they'll also feel all that. So when you're pitching, 
enjoy your pitching. Be excited about it. I mean, you're pitching your company. Uh, and I think if you if you do that everywhere you are, that works really well. It, it resonates with people. So enjoy the show. You're doing something great. Keep going. I think that's a really good That's note. really cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that really hits the nail on the head. And I can see that in you, that you enjoy everything you do. Very much. So, <laughs> Freik, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you for having me. And all coming. the best in the future with Hable. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome.